Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in the upstate of South Carolina. I'm your host, Stan McCune, realtor here in the greater Greenville area of South Carolina, and I appreciate you guys tuning in to episode 100. This is the 100th episode of the show. I tried to think of some uh, different ways to to make this a celebratory episode, but celebrations are going to have to wait. I have some ideas. Uh, we're going to have to implement those in future podcasts, but this is a momentous 100th episode. I've been doing this for almost two years now, and I appreciate you guys, all of my listeners, everyone that tunes in, that gives me feedback. Um, I really do appreciate that, and I would particularly appreciate if you could leave a five-star rating and a review in whatever podcast app you're listening in on. I have had uh, recently, I I think on Apple, we're up to 18 reviews on the show. Um, Not all of them are five-star, by the way. I've gotten a a one-star, a two-star, a a couple of three stars, a four star, uh, but mostly five stars. And I appreciate if you guys can hit that five star button. But you know what? If you if you don't think it deserves five stars, then just give it the rating that you think it deserves. Okay. And I'd appreciate as well, like I said, a review. Um, and as always, all of my contact information is in the show notes. If you need to reach me for any reason, that is the place to go. All right. Today we're going for our 100th episode to tell. Um, A crazy story that I don't think the story is going to take too long, but it's a story that's worth talking about because this type of thing does happen, but it's not normally uh, to the extreme that it happened in this story, but sometimes you can learn from the extremes. Um, This is a seller that left a lot of money on the table, and this isn't some story I heard from a friend who heard from a friend who heard from a friend. Um, This is a story that came from someone within my team. So this, thankfully, isn't something that happened to me um, and one of my clients because that would really bother me. Um, However, it happened to someone on my real estate team, and I feel bad for them and uh, and for their client. So to give a little bit of backstory here, um, in 2019, uh, this person, I'm not going to name names because that that could get weird, um, but this person on on my real estate team attempted to sell uh, a home on Lake Kiwi for a client who had purchased that home just before the recession of 2008. They had purchased it in 2007, uh, just before the housing market crashed. And as we talked about in past episodes, most areas of the upstate have more than fully recovered since the crash of 2008. Um, For the most part, all of our markets have far surpassed the values that they were well back then, but there have been a few areas until just recently that were still lagging behind. And as of 2019, Lake Kiwi was one such area. And so it, interestingly enough, the seller of this home, which was, by the way, it was, a, it was their second home. A lot of the homes on Lake Kiwi traditionally have been second homes for people. The seller wasn't able to sell the home um, for any profit. They were just trying to break even. And so they had originally purchased the home in the uh, mid 600s. And so they initially tried to sell it for in the low 700s, which, you know, would have brought them, quote unquote, a little bit of profit um, versus what they bought it for in uh, in 2007. And they did have some loans that they had to pay off 
Uh, by the way, you're hearing a nice plane going overhead. As you guys know, I live right by the airport. Um, but they couldn't sell it in the low 700s, even though they had bought it in the mid 600s uh, back in 2007. So they, they reduced the price. They kept reducing it. And they finally reduced it into the 660 range, the $660,000 range. And that still wasn't enough of a reduction to sell. Again, this is in 2019. So the sellers decided to go ahead and just withdraw the home from the market at that time. Well, that was the worst possible time to withdraw a home like that because then COVID happened. And as we've seen over and over again, the pandemic has caused some very bizarre trends in real estate, trends that we've never seen before in the past. And one of these trends was that homes that were traditionally seen as second homes, and I've already alluded to, most of the homes on Lake Kiwi have been traditionally second homes. Um, A lot of these traditionally second homes, lake houses, uh, even cabins, homes like that, have become more in vogue as first homes. Why? Well, it's a pretty simple reason, um, and there are multiple reasons to it, but uh, in essence, people um, have realized that they are are spending a lot more time at home, so they want to enjoy the home. Remote work has caused that. Um, The burden of traveling these days and the perhaps the inability to travel, uh, people want to be able to play more at their home versus, you know, seeing the home as where you sleep and then traveling to play or going somewhere to play, people want to be able to to have more opportunity to play at their home. Um, and then obviously as, as well tied into that, not just from a traveling standpoint, but you know, as we've seen, a lot of businesses are closed at weird hours. A lot of the, the recreational events that we've done in the past, going to sporting events and whatnot, they might have vaccination requirements. They might have mask requirements. Not everyone is okay with that. And so all of these things have combined for uh, homes such as lake houses have become seen more as primary residences, whereas in the past, they were more places that people owned as as vacation homes to stay at maybe for a few weeks or a few months out of the year. And as a result, the prices in Lake Kiwi since 2020 have shot up, and, and it's seen unreal appreciation the past one and a half years. I mean, uh, we've talked about, I've had several episodes since the new year, and also several episodes last year as well, talking about um, how the median price point has in the greater Greenville area has gone up. Um, Lake Kiwi, and, and we actually talked about this uh, just recently in a podcast, Lake Kiwi is one of those areas that saw tremendous appreciation uh, in comparison to some other areas. Unfortunately, the owner of this particular lake house, the owner that tried to sell this lake house in 2019 in the mid-600s, in the 660 range, didn't realize that this type of appreciation had happened. He did not realize that the market had shifted so much. And so um, it just so happened that this person on my team who had originally tried to sell the home before the market got super hot, was unsuccessful, um, he... Uh, happened upon seeing that this house had been sold recently, uh, as recently as as the end of last year, um, in the 760 range. That and the seller um, had sold it for sale by owner. Now, a, a, a few things here: the seller and 
this realtor on my team, they are friends. And so they're, and, and they've invested in other things together. Um, and so they had a relationship outside of, of just a professional, you know, realtor and client type of relationship. Um, and, and the owner of this lake house, the seller of this lake house had not let the realtor on my team know that he was looking to resell it again in 2021. So that's the backstory there. Um, but all in all, he ended up selling it for sale by owner for about $100,000 more than what he was attempting to sell it for in 2019. And of course, when you sell it for sale by owner, you save a little bit on realtor fees as well. So that sounds pretty good, right? Well, um, again, uh, this realtor on my team, he is friends with this seller. Um, and so they were having a conversation about something else. They were they were talking, shooting the breeze, uh, discussing uh, some other things at one point. And it came up in conversation that the seller had sold the house for sale by owner. And uh, the realtor said that, you know, he really wished that the guy had reached out to him because it would have sold for at least a million dollars. And he could see in public records that he had only sold it in the mid 700s. Um, well, the previous owner said, you know, it is what it is. Um, he was able to dump it off quickly, painlessly, got his money back from his initial purchase, made a little bit on top of that. Um, you know, he probably at the end of the day, you know, he heard uh, a realtor saying realtor things, which is I can sell, I could have sold the house for a lot more money, probably didn't fully believe it is, is what I had to guess. Well, that conversation happened in October, which is right around the time that this home's sold. In November, the people that bought the house in the 760s listed it for sale with an agent for $1.4 million without doing anything to it. Well, later on, uh, my realtor friend who is on my team um, had another personal conversation uh, with the uh, with this friend who was this, the original seller of the house and was like, um, you know, I, I'm scared to tell you this, but have you noticed that your old house was listed in this exactly the same condition that you sold in for $1.4 million recently? Um, and he said that you could hear a pin drop. It was just utter silence. And the guy on the other end said, no, I, I hadn't, hadn't noticed that. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. I mean, what do you say? And, uh, and you know, the realtor wasn't trying to rub it in his face, but was more just like, you know, just astonished. I mean, the guy was going to find out, I'm sure, one way or the other. He would probably, he would have noticed it at some point. Um, but that was just what it was listed for, right? We don't, you know, I, I, what a house is listed for, particularly when you're talking in the millions of dollars in our market, things can sell a lot less than that. Um, well, shortly thereafter, it did sell, and it ended up selling for over $1.3 And the spread between the two sales over the course between just, I think it was, uh, the, the time was about a three-month window between when these people bought the house in the 760 range and when they sold the house in the over 1.3 million range. Um, it was three months and they made, uh, the, the spread was over $550,000 in difference between, uh, between those 
two sales. And uh, of course, the the realtor on my team, um, he's not going to bring that up. He's he's already, the conversation has already been had. He's not going to bring that up uh, to the seller again, and and you know, rub it in even more because now it's just sad. He left five over five hundred half a million dollars on the table. And all it would have taken was a single phone call to someone knowledgeable about the market, and he would have been five hundred thousand dollars richer. At at least, right? I mean, that <laughs> there are so many different uh, things to consider here. But even without running comps and and doing analysis, the person on my team knew it was worth at least a million. Um, having, you know, once you actually get into the weeds, custom homes on Lake Kiwi are unique and you really have to, there's not a, a clean way of running comps on a home like that. Um, but once you get into the weeds, then you start to see, okay, it's actually worth closer to 1.3 or 1.4 or whatever million. But regardless, the market would have figured it out. If there was a market at 1.3, whatever million, uh, the market would have corrected for whatever it was listed for at the end of the day. It was listed. It was. Uh, it was. It sold for over double what it was listed for in 2019, and that's not intuitive if you're not in the market all the time. But for someone that is in the market all the time, and I'm not trying to to toot our horns as realtors, but let's just be honest. A lot of people these days are thinking that realtors don't provide a whole lot of value. Listen, we're in the market. This is what we do. Um, yes, uh, we're in an, a day and age where people, you know, will try to trade stocks on their own rather than, you know, hiring a broker to do that. I get it. Um, th- there's a lot of information out there and, and you can educate yourself, but this is what we do for a living. And so we know right away if something is underpriced and then, uh, or overpriced, and then we can research more and more to try to to try to hone in. That that's how I approach it. When I'm listing a house, I look at two things. We've discussed this in the past. You've got to look at the comps, and you've also got to look at the inventory. The comps are what has sold in the past. The comparable properties, properties that are similar in a similar location, um, and similar conditions, similar size, all of that. In again, a similar location. What have they sold for the past six, 12 months? Then you also have to look at inventory. Are there a lot of homes like this on the market? Are there not a whole lot of homes like this on the market? Right now, whatever home you pick, there's not a lot of it on the market. That's just, that's the inventory issues we keep harping on. Um, and so it becomes uh, a little bit of a twofold thing. The, the comps, tell you what a home will appraise for. Inventory tells you, and, and the, the low supply can be an indicator of what the home will sell for. And I'm not going to get too far uh, into the weeds on all of that, how I, deter- how I come up with pricing. My clients, when I do a listing presentation, we go through all of that. Um, I'm, I'm not going to you know reveal all my secrets here on the podcast. But if you want to list a home with me, then we can discuss it. We can talk about what your home is worth. Um, but all of that to be said, don't just, don't just wing it. And that, that is kind of, I've got some takeaways here, um, that I want to discuss briefly just so that we're not just left jaw dropped on the floor that someone in Greenville left five 
you know, $500,000 on the table. Um, the market can change rapidly. And it is right now. We know that it is changing rapidly. And even if you've heard, oh, uh, there's, you know, prices are going up. I've seen prices are going up. You might think the prices aren't going up as much as they are, or you might not realize how high they're going up. Um, we, again, I see homes and sometimes I'll see a home hit the market. And I, I immediately am like, oh, wow. Yeah, they underpriced that by a lot of money. And it might not be completely intuitive on the front end that it was underpriced. Um, same thing with a home that's overpriced. Um, and so uh, you, you, I would say probably the majority of people that I talk to that are not real estate professionals, um, at least half, if not the majority, um, that talk to me about what they think their home is worth. They really don't know what their home is worth. They have some ideas um, that, and some very strongly held opinions, but those opinions oftentimes are incorrect because they don't fully understand the market dynamics at, at play. And people rely too much on Zillow as well, which is, you know, the, the more unique the home is, the less accurate Zillow is. Um, this is a case where, you know, when you're talking about lake homes on Kiwi, uh, which these are not production-built homes, generally speaking, um, Zillow is not going to be accurate. And in this case specifically, Zillow did not even have a price on this home. Zillow had no idea what to do with it. Um, you can't rely on Zillow. Zillow, um, in a neighborhood where there's a lot of sales of homes that are very similar, Zillow can be accurate. But it will... Uh, not understand s certain important details. Like, for instance, it might not recognize that there's a basement in your home, a finished basement. Or it might overvalue the basement. We've talked about that, how appraisers in, uh, in the Greenville area, how they don't like basement homes, and that artificially deflates the value of them. Um, so long story short, people rely too much on Zillow, um, and, and that has caused some misinformation out there on home values, even if I understand, you know, the logic behind what Zillow is trying to do. Another takeaway, again, I already mentioned this, but all it takes is a single phone call to call a professional and get a professional analysis. But at the end of the day, make sure that they are truly a professional. I mean, not not every realtor and not every appraiser is a professional. Um, not every broker is a professional. Um, and so you have to be careful with this as well. Um, and, and I've, again, some of this is repeat from previous, uh, from previous shows, um, but I will say that there are two tactics that a lot of realtors will use that you have to be hesitant about. And one of them, well, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. So the first one is some realtors will tell you that your home is worth, worth much more than it is because they're telling you what you want to hear. Um, and so they'll tell you it's worth much more than it, than it really is. Get the listing. They'll, you know, they get you to agree to list it with them. Um, and then when it doesn't sell right away, because it's not worth that, then they keep dropping the price a little bit. Well, that's a really bad strategy. In episode 40 of the show, I analyzed a large sample of houses. Um, and that analysis showed that overpricing a home, at least during the, the range that I looked at it, on average, loses you about $12 per square foot on the final sale of the home. Well, that's a lot of money. On a small 1,000-square-foot house, that's $12,000 that you've lost simply because you overpriced the home 
and then you know cause the market to sour on the home. It is never a good option to overprice a home. On the uh, other side of the spectrum, another tactic that realtors will use is to convince you to underprice the home to cause bidding wars and get the home to sell quickly. Now, I will say that this can work in some unique situations. I'm not saying that this is a completely illegitimate strategy. However, it's not one size fits all. I know some realtors that this, this is just what they always do. It's always their sales pitch. And let me tell you this. If you're living in the home um, and you underprice your home when you sell it dramatically, you're going to get a ton of showings and a ton of offers. And I've got news for you. That's very, very tiring. And so I try to, when I list a home, I try to list it for right around what I think it's worth without over or underpricing it. And and also try to keep it to where it's it's not going to be a super invasive time for my clients as much as possible. Um, in the ideal world, if we are in the ideal world, we always get a multiple offer situation when we're selling a home. Obviously, that doesn't always happen. Um, it's more frequent in this market than in most. Um, but still, some homes, you know, are, are unique in some ways. They're not going to get multiple offers. Obviously, that home on Lake Kiwi that sold um, in the 1.3 million range did not get multiple offers because it originally listed at 1.4 million. Um, but at the end of the day. I really don't want my clients to have more than 10 offers. And you're, you might be thinking, well, that sounds, that's kind of ridiculous. No, that's not ridiculous. If you have 10 offers or, or fewer, that means that you price the home appropriately. And that means that there are going to be very good offers um, that are going to be at the top of the market for that home. And you might have gotten those offers as well if you underpriced the home. But you certainly would have, wouldn't have gotten better offers than that if you had underpriced the home because the market doesn't work like that. So you're still getting top of the market offers, but without having 60 showings and 30 offers. And by the way, I have to present, as a realtor, I legally have to present every single offer. So even that process is tiring for my clients. And if you're having to get out of the house for 60 showings, I mean, you might as well just, just move out you know, at that point. And so you have to take all of these things into consideration um, and uh, in terms of, of when you're communicating with a professional um, realtor, uh, you know, if, if you want to talk to an appraiser, whatever the case may be, assessing your home and determining the value of your home. Make sure at the end of the day that they have your best interests in mind and not theirs, because that is, is an important distinction. Um, so if you're looking to sell a home, don't just assume that you know what it's worth and then, you know, go to your neighbor and be like, you know, hey, uh, do you know someone that wants to buy buy my home? And, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, my friend wants to move here. My aunt wants to move here. Um, and, and then you end up selling it for what you guys agree to without actually giving the market an opportunity to say what the market thinks the home is worth. Um, and, and at the end of the day, my personal opinion, you need someone that is in the market to help you determine that and to do it in a way that is most effective to get it out there to the most eyes to make sure that the people that need to see it do see it. Um, I had a listing recently that um, was a very unique home in a lot of ways, and I identified that one of the things that really set this home apart was that 
it had the potential for an in-law suite. And there's not a whole lot of homes on the market that had that potential. So um, I intentionally designed the entire listing, all of my marketing, to draw attention to that. That wasn't the entire focus of my marketing, but that was a major aspect of the focus of my marketing. And guess what? That was the buyer that we got. We had a buyer that immediately they they saw um, they saw how I marketed it. You know the way I described it, the the photos I used, the, the order of the photos that I used that focused on the fact that it could potentially have an in law suite, and that's exactly the buyer that came along, offered well above what we listed it for with great terms, and here we are. You know, we we marketed it to the right person. The right person came along, and that's that's perfect for everyone. The seller's happy, the buyer's happy, um, everyone is happy in that situation. And so that's what I'm striving to do as a realtor is to connect connect the parties that otherwise wouldn't be connected. Unfortunately, uh, in terms of the Lake Kiwi house, um, someone got shafted. All right. Some I don't I don't even know all the backstory about how the the seller the initial seller f- found the initial buyer off market. I don't even know all the backstory about that, but unfortunately, at the end of the day, it costs them half a million dollars. And even if you're super wealthy, half a million dollars hurts. All right, guys, I appreciate you listening. Thank you for tuning in to the hundredth episode of Selling Greenville. We've got a lot more to to come, a lot more content to come here in the year 2022. Um, as always, please leave a rating, leave a review. All of my contact information is in the show notes. And until next time, have a great week and stay safe.